Hey, one more thing before you go. This took us four tries to do this, by the way. So <laughs> thank you all for being here. We really appreciate it. <laughs> this is one more thing before you go over the teacup Sunday. Um, today we are actually having a third co-host, our daughter, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hello. She's joining us today because obviously, as we all know, a somber day yesterday when uh, we lost Matthew Perry. Um, it, he, he was uh, somebody that we have admired and watched and had been entertained by and loved for a really long time, actually. We, Diane and I, way before Friends. So yeah. um, today's show is going to be a little bit of a tribute to uh, Matthew Perry along with um, what we loved about uh, his, his characters and his movies and about Friends and what he's doing to contribute back to the world or what he did to contribute back to the world uh, in regard to his book and what he was trying to do to help people. So, welcome to the show. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Diane. Hello. Hi. Nicole, thank you for joining us today. I know that um, we're bringing you in because obviously you loved Matthew Perry in Friends. Uh, you pretty much cite every word from every episode and everything that exists about Friends. And uh, yeah, we were kind of devastated last night when we saw the news that Matthew Perry died at the age of 54 years old, which is really young. And um, yeah, we're going to miss him. Yeah. I'm already crying. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Well, you know, I know along with others that are trying to to show their respects and to kind of really delve upon what a brilliant comedic actor this individual was. He also was a person that was very troubled, um, but a person that tried to take his troubles and his trials and tribulations and uh, try to help other people move forward through theirs as well with his own experiences because he had a 30-year addiction of drugs and alcohol, which is a very long, long time for that to take place. And in between, a lot of us did not even know that he was having these kind of issues and so forth. So, you know, let's, I mean, I, I far back as I remember, I think the first time that I had seen him was um, on a show with Valerie Bertinelli called Sydney. Okay. That's the first yeah. thing I remember of him. But I think, Diane, you saw him before that, didn't you? Because you said, no, oh, I actually. I, I thought I had, but I think it's because I had seen um, some <clears throat> something a long time ago. They they showed the pilot for this other show that he had yeah. possibly they were, they didn't pick up the pilot, so I had just seen it on another show. Um, but there was a show he was supposed to be. Um, he was actually connected to like he was. The deal they had with him is he was not going to be able to do anything else until this show was decided upon, and it was a really stupid show. And he really hated it. And then the Friends script came along. It was called, I think the actual name of the script was Friends Friends Like Us or something. It mm -hmm. wasn't Friends. Yeah, it's Friends Like Us. Yeah. And it was going around Hollywood and he got a hold of it and was like, okay, yeah, this is me. I want this part. I want this role. And they weren't going to let him out of it because this pilot, which was about baggage handlers in the future, um, was still they didn't know if it was going to go or not. And he was, he was yeah. locked into that. 
Um, it, but anyway, he, there's there's an interview um, that we found today. Uh, it was done by the Canadian Broadcast Company, and I don't know when, but it wasn't. It was right after his book came out, I guess. So it hasn't. It's not that old of an interview. And he talks about that show, and he talks about he talks about how he got on, how he actually finally got to audition for Friends, and it's a great story. Um, and it has I'll to do. I'll put with a the link to it. I mean, I don't think they'll mind if I put a link to it in the show notes. I Everybody can go check it out. Um, yeah. But in, in that conversation, I I see a quote from him where he talked about in uh, Perry's memo uh, memoir, excuse me, in his memoir, he wrote, "When I read the script for Friends, like us." It was as if somebody had followed me around for a year. I was Chandler. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you knew, knew it. Yeah, you knew it. And obviously, we all know that sometimes when one door closes, one door opens. And yeah. we're all—I mean, we're happy. I can't imagine anybody else being Chandler Ring. I was just thinking that same same thought. No one else could have been Chandler. No, I mean, was he your favorite character in Friends, Nicole? Yeah, one hundred percent. My he's kid. very much like me. He he's uncomfortable and awkward, and and uh, uses comedy and jokes and sarcasm to to um, you know get through. And he like one of the episodes, he's like, "I'm not good with the feelings. Can I interest you in a sarcastic comment?" Yeah. <laughs> like, that's me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and I I have you know in common <clears throat> with him. Too. Never I haven't talked about it much, but. Um, I've been sober for three years and like almost three and a half years, almost three or six months. November 1st will be, wow. In a few days, it'll be three years and six months. Woohoo! Woo <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, well, we did the sound effects, but I can't find them. That's okay. Because <laughs> when you did find them before, we couldn't get them to stop. So <laughs> that's yeah. true. Um, so what I have in common, I mean, I've just loved him for so, I just loved him for so many years, decades. I've loved him. And, and, I, and so, the ironic part is, and Nikki, you probably didn't know this because I don't remember when that show was on. When Sydney was on, see, I grew up and had a crush on Valerie Bertinelli. So yeah. when Valerie Bertinelli was in this show with Matthew Perry, you went, oh, I got, yeah, he's cute. I think I like him. <laughs> and you ended up with a crush on Matthew Perry. So yeah. we enjoyed that show because it had my crush and your crush. Yeah. And, you know, we even married, it's okay, Nicole, even married people have crushes too. We allow yes. that. <laughs> 31, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it it was kind of a uh, kind of vicious. So we fell in love with it then too. But, you know, then at the same time though, back then I think I heard rumors the reason they couldn't do the show at, at times was because of his addiction issues or his alcohol issues. That they couldn't do, that they couldn't do Sydney. Yeah, they couldn't film a couple of different times because he. I had not heard that. Yeah. So, oh. but I I think it they they attributed it to the fact that hey here's a new kid on the block. He'd been in some things here and there, but he was in um, who's the boss with um, yeah, Alice Milano. Alice Milano, yeah, yeah. and. Um, there was another one he was in. That, well, he, uh, he was, he was actually in a movie with River Phoenix. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, darn it. He was in a movie with, with River Phoenix prior to Friends. It wasn't named Darn It? No. But, you know, it, it's, uh, we're all, I mean, I'm happy, ecstatic that the, re, that he got Friends. And, you know, we've, we watched him, one of, actually some of my favorite movies that, I've ever watched 
Matthew Perry. The whole nine yards. The whole nine yards. The whole nine and a half yards. You know, it uh, brilliant. Nobody else could have played that part but Matthew Perry. I mean, it was funny. It was great. It was, you know, intriguing. And you you followed him along, not just because we had seen him in Friends, because he shot those movies while he was Mm -hmm. on hiatus from Friends, but because he was great. That's who he was. It was that that was the that was the part. Same yeah. thing with us. Uh, is it three to tango? Three to tango. Um, with Selma with Blair. Hayek? I think. Well, that was that was one with Selma Blair. But oh, then the one with Selma Hayek was. Um, I just had it a few minutes ago, and it's gone. Yeah, we're real big Matthew Perry fans. Welcome <laughs> to no. It's called Old Age, and I shouldn't. I mean, I'm Matthew's age. I'm 54, and it happens all the time. So, well, it just you know it it's another thing that we we learned, and I did not know this up until that interview actually, that Matthew Perry had something in common with Michael J. Fox. They both are the only two to date that had a hit sitcom and a hit movie at the same time. That they were both number one, number both one number TV one. show, number, number one. one movie at the same not not at the same not at the same exact time. Well, yeah, it was kind of the same time because they said that. No, no, no. he, no, he, he, he said in this interview, he was in ninth grade when, uh, when, um, Michael uh, J. Fox, back, back to the future was out. Yeah. But Which yeah, I thought, still. what was the show for Michael J. Fox? Huh? What was uh, the show for Michael uh, J. Fox? Family ties. Oh, family ties. Yeah. Um, but when he said that he was in ninth <clears> grade, I, and I thought back because we're the same age and I was not in ninth grade when I was like, that was more like 10th or 11th grade, I think. But anyway. Um, Maybe Canada's different. I thought he was a year younger than you. Okay. Yeah. He just turned 54 in August and I'll be 55. So yeah, he's a year younger. Yeah, whatever. Not, not to point that old. out. The whole point is I'm old. Okay. Not we, to we point that out. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. The, um, he's, <laughs> oh God. It's just so sad. I know. The second that I saw it, I called my mom's phone because, I mean, her and I are like the bigger Friends fans. Like, obviously, Dad, you're a Friends fan, but um, I uh, I called and she was just bawling her already eyes out, crying. like already, already crying. And, well, and I, I knew when she called too. I was like, oh, Nikki, we're I know. <laughs> and, uh, I had a friend text me saying, like, did you hear Matthew Perry died? I know you love friends. Are you okay? Yeah, that's really I'm sad. Good. I mean, I know that he had a, you know, and disclaimer here, and, and I'm, I'm obviously growing up with two dysfunctional parents who were alcoholics. Um, I I will say this out loud, you know, I'm, I'm, he was found, the original call was something along the lines of a cardiac arrest. And when they showed up, uh, they found Matthew in um, a hot tub. And um, apparently he, did, he had played earlier that day. He had played like two hours worth of pickleball. And yeah. um, then he had uh, gone to lunch and then he came home. Um, the, the cardiac arrest call, when they got there, uh, he was accidental drowning. Whether, mm-hmm. whether it be he had the heart attack and then slipped under the water, whatever the case may be, they're still investigating that. But they have emphasized, and I'd like to say this on this program. 
that he did not have any illicit drugs on him, around him, or in the house. Right. He did have prescription medications that he was on in the house, yeah. but none of them were opioids. They were like yeah. for COPD, they were for anxiety, they were for depression, and yeah. things like this. So, you know, that is a positive thing because he had been 18 months sober. Mm -hmm. um, he said on this press junket for his book, and um, it has been a battle with him for um, 30 years, and he had spent close to, his words, he had spent close to $9 million trying to beat that addiction. And, you know, when he finally, finally came to a culmination where he was able to work through his demons a little bit more, and that's how the book came about, that his, like you said earlier in this, in the start of the show, you know, his desire, and he put it out there that if anybody needs to talk, I'm available for you. You know, just because I'm a star doesn't mean that you can't reach out to me if you're in the position that I was in. Right. And, you know, he left himself open for that, which I thought was admirable. And the fact Absolutely. that he recognized that, you know, the book was like um, cathartic for him. Mm -hmm. You know, allowed I him to get... read somewhere today or something that he, he would go to court with, like, random people. Yeah. And I, I forget what it's called, like a... A, a court. Yeah, but he would like be there and help them, and it, just random people, not celebrities, just just help them. Like people that don't in trouble start. with that. So he actually was trying to turn his life around. And yes, although we all remember him from Friends because it made him a star, made him who he is, gave him the means to fight the addiction that he had fought. Because you know he may not have been able to fight that addiction if he didn't have the 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 means that he achieved through that notoriety in that show. It gave him the opportunity to take that, put it into words in a book, and then to take that and put it to work for other people, which I think was really starting to help him. That's what's really sad about this. Yeah. Because he was on a path to helping other people, and he was enjoying doing that. He felt um, needed again. And that, you know, I think we heard in that interview, and, and, and it's in his book as well. He was always you know, nurturing for his mother's love, always for his mom to stop and turn around and notice him and to look at him. You know, he's yearning for that, yearning for, even throughout his life, he reason he became a comedian was because he was looking for people to, hey, look at me, take notice of me, and see me the way I am. So. Yeah. And, and you know, and maybe, I mean, I'm just speculating here, complete, completely speculating, but I wonder if part of that was him wanting people to notice what he was going through. Even though, yeah. it, it's all it. about, even though the disease is all about secrets and being secretive and not letting anybody know. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole thing of it. You know, that's, that's when I finally stopped is because I had realized that for, you know, some, at some, for some time, not a long time, but for some time I was hiding it from you, you know, which was hard to do living with a cop. Let me just tell you, not easy to do suspicion. to hide the drinking. Um, but that's when I realized it. So it is, it's a disease of, of secrets. And maybe, again, speculating only, that maybe part of why he always wanted the attention and wanted somebody to, you know, notice me, notice me, notice me was because he wanted the he help. Tried for help, yeah. He didn't know. He didn't even know himself yeah. that he was doing that for that reason. He was doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've seen Friends so many times. Like, I know every episode by heart. But it wasn't until his interview with Diane Sawyer that he, when he said, um, 
when he was really skinny in Friends, that's when he was addicted to drugs. And when he was really, like, he got bigger, that's when he was addicted to alcohol. And I never, like, I I didn't put two and two together until he actually said that. And it's... Like, now that I do, when I do watch, I'm just like, oh, dang. <laughs> and yeah. I, I watched him in another interview with Diane Sawyer when he was doing the book. again. We, we bought the book, by the way, the audio book. Um, and prior to this, we bought the audio book. Yeah. Because yeah. of his journey. But I know that he was saying that uh, he, had, he didn't watch the episodes of Friends because when he started watching it, he, it, he had to acknowledge. He saw when he was, how do you put it? He saw when he was uh, on cocaine when he was on alcohol, when he was on opioids, when he was on Vicodin, when he was on alcohol again, then he saw the progression in which what he was on each time. Mm-hmm. This one was alcohol, this one was Vicodin, this one was you know, hydrocode, this, this other one was, was cocaine, it, he, and then back to alcohol. And he acknowledged it, so he said, I wasn't watching the shows because I could see myself on the yo-yo Mm-hmm. On the roller coaster, up and down, and it, up and down. Yeah, it would be very hard to look at yourself in the in in those ways. I mean, you have to look yourself I, in the mirror. I wouldn't want to do that. That yeah. for sure. You know, I but I can I, think the different times for myself, and I cringe like cringe. I, I no, would I want to see that? Absolutely yeah. not. No way. Well, the on a on a positive note, on on a funny note. I think that friends would not have been friends without Matthew oh, Perry. In- absolutely not. Mm-mm. It it wouldn't have been the same without any of them. <clears throat> no, but yeah. I mean, you know, I I I respect the fact that the the friends, those friends, that friends family stayed together, and that Jennifer, you know, he said that these are his words. Jennifer Aniston, you know, would check on him all the time. To see how he was doing, she actually was the first one to to confront him on set about his addiction, and yeah. urged him to get help. And then she followed him through that, which I think is very admirable from that perspective. But absolutely, you know, um, I haven't seen any of them make statements yet. Have you? They they I did know. collectively. They made they've made they, something they, collectively. They did. It was oh, put out. Yeah, it was put in on the the friend the official friend site, and it said that they will release individual stuff when you know they feel the time is right but they did a collective one you know one right after we heard you know i immediately thought of his dad um i i don't know why i didn't think of his mom i you don't really hear much about his mom except now that we're seeing these interviews and he's talking about his problems he kind of brings up his mom so i you know hope she's doing okay um but I, then I immediately went to all the rest of the other five. The other five, I just was like, oh. Well, I know. Even the, was, uh, cre- the creators. Um, yeah, Marta Kaufman. And, um, they, put, they put out a huge statement in yes, regard they did. to that, you know, that they're going to miss his. To me, I mean, the last time I felt this bad about, I mean, you, you guys both know I love the movies. I love TV. I love Every aspect of it. Yeah. The last time I felt this bad about losing somebody was Robin Williams. Yeah. Mine was Bob Saget, but Robin Williams too. before that. 
because I I religiously watched Full House over and over and over again too. So Bob Saget was the yeah. last one because that was totally accidental, random shock too. Mm-hmm. And then Robin Williams, like you just don't expect it from someone who was always so happy and so or seemed to be right. Seemed to be, yeah. Um, but it's I, mean, they I say think most comedians when it's depressed. so random and so accidental and. It, it it's just even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they what say most saying? comedians are depressed. And that's yeah, the no, but I mean, with like Matthew Perry and, and Bob Saget, like you, they were, they were so random, and just accidental things. Well, and and it's unfortunate because you know Matthew Perry found uh, a pickleball, as yeah. everybody's probably heard already through some of the news agencies, but. He found that as an outlet, and and he fell in love with it. I guess he he built a room on his house that was dedicated specifically to pickleball. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, they may come to find out that playing two hours of pickleball and then going home and sitting in a hot tub might be the cause of what happened, which I'm kind of sad about. Yeah, I mean, because you know he was. He was trying to, I mean, you know, they say exercise. I mean, that's, you know, I'm doing that now. I'm finally working out regularly. Um, you know, it, it is, it's a, it's an outlet. It's an outlet for yeah. just feeling better, you know, and he was doing the, I mean, that's really the right thing to do. That's, yeah. that's like one of the best things you can do for yourself when you're going through something or, you know, trying to keep your demons away. That's, it's a really good thing to do, but maybe not two hours of it. At one time, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe it was well, just his, his heart is probably super weak too from all of the the drugs 30. and stuff. So. Well, you know, to twenty twenty two, and this is just public information as well. But in twenty twenty two, he actually was it ended up. Yeah, twenty twenty two, he went yeah. into the hospital with um, a burst colon because of uh, his mm-hmm. opioid use, and the doctors yep. actually told his parents and his family that he had like a two percent chance of living. And he was in a coma for a little while. And it wasn't very public. It, they really kept it under wraps quite well, actually. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, that was maybe a year or less ago. You know, I don't know what, I don't remember what time right. they said of the year right. was 2022, but it was 2022. So, you know, in reality, it, it wasn't that long ago. So. No. And he a, said in this interview that you're going to have in the show notes, he, 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 he talked about that time and he said that there was 10 people, including himself, that over that time period that were on the breathing machines. He named the, he named the machine. It's the machine that keeps you alive. Um, I can't, I don't remember the name. Ventilator. So, no, it, it, right. it, it was actual, like the person that designed it name or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's in the interview. But he said that, including himself, there were 10 people at, over that time period that were on them, and the other nine didn't make it. So because he was when still they, here for a re- He was here to write his book. Right, right. And, and you know, because he said this machine, they do it at the, I mean, they only do it when there's nothing left to do. And typically, typically, it doesn't help. It doesn't work. But for yeah. him, it did. Mm-hmm. So... If you haven't to the to the audience, if you have not gone out and gotten his book, go get his book because obviously it was meant to be. Well, and we got the audio book, and he narrates it himself, so you hear it in his words. 
um, from yeah. that perspective. But you know, sometimes Nikki, you got to honor people that were part of your life in some form or another. And you know, I know that he was a part of our life. I mean, we've got the Blu-ray complete season Blu-ray Friends mm-hmm. package. Mm-hmm. You know. It's and we watch it. We still watch the reruns now, and still laugh at the same reruns. I don't Even know. I don't know if I'm gonna. How soon I'm gonna be able to watch again? Oh, I. We watch. I, we I, watch I, reruns that we know what's going to happen, and we still laugh. Oh yeah. Well, it does help being the age that we are, though, as you know, Nikki. That we're like because you, you brought it up before. You bring you bring up. Hey, remember the episode? When blah, blah, and I really just. I, <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't. So I watch it. It's like, oh, it's like brand new to me. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? I think I've watched it a lot more than you guys have, though. Probably. Like, Probably. as I watched it when it was on, but I was like ten. I think I was like no, ten when it when it went off air. You were then, well, like when they started, you were four. No, you were two, two. when it started. Yeah. That's probably so why. On like live, and then I watched it on the DVDs and the Blu-rays and HBO Max and all TBS. Of it. TBS. Probably, like if I'm in a hotel room, that's what's coming on. <laughs> that's probably why you know it word for word because laying there as a baby, you just took it all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might not know math and science very well, but if You're you need me for friends trivia, uh, <laughs> you know that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's your what's your, your what's your favorite your line from Friends, Nikki? All of Friends? Oh, my God. oh too hard. I mean, Pick- I do like the one that I said earlier. The uh, I'm not great with feelings. Can I just you in a sarcastic comment? I, I seem yeah. to think those were the first words out of your mouth. It wasn't mom or dad. Oh, <laughs> it was that whole line. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great with feelings. Yeah, but, I don't think that episode had aired yet, but. Sure. Okay. We'll go with it. Yeah. I, I just, I, there's so many different episodes to love, but. I know. And it, it is one of those shows where you can watch it over and over again and you still laugh at it. Like I just rewatched Shit's Creek for the second time and it wasn't as funny as it was before, but I could go back to friends and still completely crack up. Well, that's what we're saying. Yeah. In fact, I just watched the other day, I watched the, uh, one of my favorite episodes. I watched the one where they they were eating the cheesecake, and then ended up in the hallway. And Joey comes in. Off the floor. <laughs> they're eating off the floor, and you think Joey's all, oh, going to be judgmental, and he yeah. just reaches in his pocket and pulls out oh, a no, fork. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like who carries a fork around? No, and he's just saying, what, "What are we having? <laughs> yeah, what are we having? Uh, just for occasions like that." Honestly, like Chandler and Monica's relationship is much more goals than Ross and Rachel. Like everyone was all Ross and Rachel, Ross and Rachel, but they were on and off and toxic and blech. And Monica and Chandler started as friends and then just completely fell in love and they had no toxicity and they loved each other and they were beautiful. And that is goals. That's true. That's what's your favorite true. episode with um, What's your favorite episode with Chandler? Of all of Friends, favorite. you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Um, <laughs> Diane, you better start thinking of yours. Uh, no, I know mine. Well, 
I don't uh, think it's my favorite, but I do like the vegetable ve- vegetable, vegetable one where he gets trapped with a model. And oh, like, I love that one. Yes, that's one of my favorites. He gives him gum and he's trying to blow a bubble. He just yeah. spits the whole <laughs> one out. out. That's one of my favorite. I just told your mother that. Yeah. I told, just told her that. I said one of my favorite ones I remember is that one in particular. That's one well, of my favorites. And for me, well, there's just all of them. But, um, but for you can't. When you think of, especially when you think of Chandler and Monica, you cannot not think of the proposal episode. Oh my God. I mean, I still I cry. Cry. every time I cry, every single time I am a bawling mess. Ugh. Yes. So, yeah. and Monica yeah. tries to start the proposal, but then she starts crying and she's like, there's a reason why girls don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he like finished it up. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we just named my two favorites as the cheesecake one and the, uh, the vestibule the one with the, in the bank, and I cannot remember the model's name that was in there. Jill, um, her she married Harry Connick Jr. and I can't yeah. remember her last, but her name's Jill. Yeah, it's funny. He's trying to. He's talking to me on the corner on the phone. And he's trying to get. Yeah. What, I need, what am I? Gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> and then Joe, he gets Joey on the phone, and Joey has he totally knows what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. So good. <laughs> I just this year started being able to watch Robin William movie, Williams movies again. So yeah, and now this, yeah, yeah. Well, he's welcomed into heaven with a large group of individuals that I'm sure welcomed him with open arms. Yeah, you guys have a favorite movie? Whole nine yards, probably whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, I like I like the one with Selma Hayek too, but I can't remember the name, it, the name of it. But I like it. It it it's he was an architect, right? And um, mm-hmm. yeah, he met her, and he was trying to build do a building. He ends up following her down to Mexico, mm-hmm. um, because she took off and she was pregnant. Well, I don't want to give everything away. She was pregnant. What's well, an old movie? I think movie. it's probably been out in an Say, It's an old movie. She was pregnant. <laughs> You're not spoiling it. That she finds out. And, you know, and then when he gets down there, of course, all the guys, the funniest part about that is he, he ends up with it. He ends up in the cactus, just loaded yeah. with cactus. Um, what the hell do you call them? Cactus Needles. stickies. Needles. <laughs> the concept. Huh? Fools rush in. It's Fools a it's song. We should know that. Yeah. Fools rush in. Yeah, that was he, they. They have to carry him in, and he's got he's he sat down in a whole thing of cactus, and yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, he was, just, he was just good. He was I just, love in the he, whole nine yards. Yeah, in the whole nine yards, when he walks into his room and Bruce Willis is there, and he gets really scared all of a sudden, and he turns around to run away, and he runs into um, I forget his name, uh, Michael, something Green, something. Oh, yeah. he, he, he passed away. He passed away. Um, yeah, he ran into a brick wall, wall, basically. Yeah, and then yeah, he, he bounced off of him <laughs> and into the lamp and fell down. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Very, very funny. So we, oh. we kind of, I, I was telling your mother, we kind of have a six degrees of separation just a little bit with the sequel to that nine and a half yards. George Gallo wrote Nine and a Half Yards, and George mm-hmm. Gallo adopted a little bit of Bruce um, Willis's 
character adjustment in that movie to being at home and cooking and baking and cleaning and all this kind of a thing uh, from a conversation we had after me. Because I told him I went from being a cop, arresting bad guys and uh, getting in fights and taking drunks down and, you know, taking America's Most Wanted down to uh, cooking and cleaning and taking the kids to school and everything else. And that was right before he wrote Nine Nine and 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 a Half Yards. So we were never confirmed, but there were a lot of similarities. Mm. He was and taking he never, notes. He was taking notes when you were telling him. So, we're I mean, that, that's what we yeah. have right there. We, you know, he never, like, said the word. I can believe yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of funny. Took the, took the big badass Hitman, and Hitman was at home baking and cleaning. And it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But, and, of course, the the... The Selma Blair one was an amazing movie as well. Um, and that's the one where he... No, 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 the guy no, no, thought no. he was gay, so he mm-hmm. said, I want you to take my, take my girlfriend, he was married, take my girlfriend to the art show, mm-hmm. and they end up falling in love. Yeah. I think I've seen that. You haven't seen that yeah. movie? You need to watch that movie, Nikki. I haven't seen Fool's Russian either. All I remember is seeing Serving Sarah in the theaters, but I don't really remember what it's about. I just know that um, Elizabeth Hurley is in it. Mm-hmm. And yes. Um, yes. something else, but I don't remember. But yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley, I think, was his. Was that? That was his girlfriend. I yes, think was- she was Sarah. Because he had to serve her like papers, like I don't know what they're called. People are called, but and then he was like, "Wait, she's like real pretty," and then you know, didn't went from there. But yeah, so there's a lot of good memories that we can take with us even after he's gone, and hopefully the um, the coroner is going to determine pretty quickly with what exactly happened. And I am praying and putting out to the universe that it's just going to be accidental and in an unfortunate situation, unfortunate accident that happened. And um, hopefully he's at rest and at peace now. And, you know, maybe he can help people from up there. Yeah. I bet, I bet if he's able to, he's going to do that. I would hope so too. Yeah. Cause that was, that was what he said was his biggest, uh, biggest accomplishment it was helping people yeah in spite helping, of everything else helping people with uh addiction well he he i would say he almost became well he did become an expert at it It cost him over nine million dollars he said to get to get clean and sober which yeah. is a lot of money yeah. and not just you know, costing him money but i mean health. decades of his life of living like that yeah everything else went with it but on a very positive note, any, anything special that you want to remember, Nikki? Um, I mean, just all of friends. He is Miss Chandler Bong. <laughs> Mr. Chandler Bong? Mr. Chandler Bong. That's the magazine that gets sent to his door, and it's addressed to Miss Chandler Bong. 
Oh, and you learn that in the episode where they're fighting for the apartment using a trivia game. Okay, mm -hmm. you got it. Keep up. Come on. Oh, Get to my funny. level. See what what you need to do, Nicole, is to come out, spend about four days with us, and then we just do a friends marathon because I have that whole thing of Blu-rays that we bought years ago that hasn't even been, even been opened. opened. Well, it's on HBO Max. Save those and keep them unopened, and then maybe there'll be a lot of money one day. Maybe. Oh, brilliant! Thank you, daughter. <laughs> you would just went from daughter number two to daughter number one. Jeez. Oh, God. Anyway, so what I will remember him most for, obviously, friends, but just, you know, the fact that he he finally came to a point in his life that um, he worked hard to get there, and it was a positive thing, and that he was helping people, and that's what he wanted to be remembered for more than anything. So. I agree with you. I'm going to remember the laughter. I'm going to remember the entertainment. I'm going to remember the, the happy, the, the smiles. I'm going to remember how he made me feel when I watched his movies, how he, how he made me feel every time I watch an episode of Friends. And I'm going to remember that as well as mm -hmm. the fact that he dedicated to the rest of his life to trying to help others who were in need, especially those that followed the same path as his. Yeah. So, Diane, any last thoughts? I think that um, there's a lot of there's a lot of actors and actresses that can make me laugh, but I don't think there's another one out there that could make me laugh like he could. He was just one of a kind. I agree. Nicole, any last thoughts? Um, if you feel like you have addiction issues to alcohol or drugs or anything, there's always someone who will help. So yes, talk to anyone and, you know, get the help you need. Yeah. As, as he said in this interview that we're going to link, he said, just raise your hand. Yep. Ra raise your hand. Those are some amazing, amazing last words. Uh, yes. Thank you very much for saying both of those. I agree with both of them. And I will make sure that there, Nicole, thank you for bringing up what you did. I'll make sure that the, in the show notes, there'll be some resources for those people who are reaching out and wanting some help as well. Well, thank you everyone out there for listening and for watching. One more thing before you go, we appreciate each and every one of you. Um, if you love the show, please like and subscribe. And then uh, don't forget to come back each and every Wednesday as well for a Fantastic opportunity to get educated, motivated, and inspired. We have some great conversations coming up, um, actually, over the next several months. So please stay tuned. And one more thing before you all go, have a great day, have a great week, and thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.